River Basin, and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org This is Rosie Starr for Radio Catskill. Welcome to Farm and Country, locally produced radio about rural life in the Catskills and the Delaware River Valley. On today's show, Keith Hubbard invites us to gaze at the full moon in his Star Talk report. Along the Poets Row, Christine San Jose recites narrations on the theme of the moon and stars. Sweetwater fishing guide Evan Padua reports a cool catch in the chilly waters of the Upper Delaware River. In her segment, Now You Know, Stephanie Phillips resumes her conversation with Nadia and Omawali Adewale, owners and founders of Liberation Farm in Jeffersonville, New York. All of that coming up on today's Farm and Country. But first, news headlines from NPR. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Nora Rahm. China is trying to downplay the diplomatic flap over alleged spy balloons after Secretary of State Antony Blinken called off his trip there this weekend. NPR's Michelle Kellerman reports the trip was meant to stabilize relations between the world's biggest economies. A Chinese foreign ministry statement blames U.S. media and some politicians for hyping up this story to smear China. It says the U.S. and China need to manage this relationship responsibly and points out that Blinken's trip was never announced. The secretary was due to leave Friday night, but he called Wang Yi, a top Chinese diplomat, that morning to say the trip would be postponed, adding China breached U.S. sovereignty and calling that unacceptable. China has expressed regret for the balloon veering off course. It says it was used for meteorological purposes. The Pentagon says it's carrying surveillance equipment and that there's another Chinese balloon somewhere over Latin America. Michelle Kellerman, NPR News, Washington. An American medic was killed in an explosion Thursday in the besieged eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut. NPR's Frank Langford has more from the country's Donbass region. Pete Reed was evacuating people who remained in the frontline city of Bakhmut, which has been the center of fierce fighting between Ukrainian and Russian forces. After one evacuation team came under fire, Reed's team responded, according to his wife Alex Potter. Quote, he was evacuating civilians and responding to those wounded when his ambulance was shelled, she wrote on Instagram. Reed, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, had arrived in Ukraine last month as the country director for Global Outreach Doctors, a volunteer group. Reed was well known and admired in the humanitarian aid community. He co-founded a veteran-led medical NGO that delivers emergency care to various front lines and had worked in Iraq, Yemen, and Syria. Frank Langford, NPR News, Kramatorsk. An evacuation order remains in effect in East Palestine, Ohio, after a train derailment last night. The train was carrying hazardous materials when about 50 cars went off the track, causing a huge fire that continues to burn. No injuries have been reported. East Palestine is located near the Pennsylvania border, about 50 miles northwest of Pittsburgh. Today, the mayor issued an emergency order. Blistering cold weather is stretching from the upper Midwest to New England and elsewhere in the Northeast. As NPR's Dave Mistage reports, strong winds and freezing temperatures have made for dangerous conditions that can bring about frostbite in a matter of minutes. Detroit is one of hundreds of cities with warming centers open for those who need it. A blizzard warning is in effect for northernmost Maine through this evening, while the rest of the state, New Hampshire, Vermont, and most of New York are all under a windchill warning. 
The Boston area remains dangerously cold, but temperatures are expected to rise to the upper 40s there by midday Sunday. NPR's Dave Mistich. This is NPR News. This is Rosie Starr. Welcome back to Farming Country. Coming up on today's show, Christine San Jose recites narrations on the theme of the moon and stars. We'll hear from sweetwater fishing guide Evan Padua with a cool catch from the chilly waters of the Upper Delaware River. Stephanie Phillips resumes her conversation with Nadia and Amawali Aduali, owners and founders of Liberation Farm in Jeffersonville, New York. But first, we'll hear from Keith Hubbard and his Star Talk report about the moon. Thank you for joining us on Radio Catskill for this week's locally produced Farm and Country. I'm Keith Hubbard, and this is Star Talk. Tomorrow night will be the full moon. This puts the bright moon in our evening sky all week, which will wash out the fainter stars in the sky. While this will not be a good week to stargaze, it is a great week to gaze upon our closest celestial neighbor. Looking at the full moon, the first thing one notices is that there are dark and light patches on the moon. The dark patches are low-elevation basaltic plains formed by ancient volcanic eruptions. These areas are called Maria, Latin for seas, by early astronomers who thought they were actual seas. The two large Maria on the west side of the moon, which is east in the sky, are the Ocean of Storms and the Sea of Showers. The Sea of Tranquility, where mankind took its first steps on the moon, is the irregularly shaped dark patch just off the center of the moon. The lighter areas are higher in elevation and are called the Lunar Highlands. The Lunar Highlands are riddled with craters, with the most conspicuous crater being Tycho. Tycho is the large crater in the Southern Highlands. The crater is 51 miles in diameter, nearly 3 miles deep, and is named after the 17th century Danish astronomer. Another prominent crater is Copernicus, which is tucked just inside the Ocean of Storms and the Sea of Showers. It is 58 miles in diameter, two and a half miles deep, and is named after the 16th century Polish astronomer. Look for these lunar features this week, as the moon will be full tomorrow. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future Star Talk segments, my email address is startalk at farmingcountry.org. For Farming Country and Star Talk, this has been Keith Hubbard reminding you to keep looking up. For WJFF and Farm and Country, this is Christine San Jose. It's night along the Poets' Row, and we're looking up. 
First of all, from Robert Louis Stevenson. The light from the parlour and kitchen shot out through the blinds and the windows and bars, and high overhead and all moving about, there were thousands of billions of stars. There never were such thousands of leaves on a tree, nor people in church or the park, as the crowds of the stars that looked down upon me and that glittered and winked in the dark. The dog and the plough and the hunter and all, and the star of the sailor and Mars, these shone in the sky and the pail in the wall would be half full of water and stars. They saw me at last, and they chased me with cries, and they soon had me packed into bed. But the glory kept shining and bright in my eyes, and the stars going round in my head. <laughs> and here's one from Sheila Dugan. Two voices in this one. Moon, she says. The moon is so huge tonight. The moon is always the same size. Hello? But you know, the moon is sometimes just vast. The moon is always the same size. I mean, sometimes the moon looks colossal. The moon stays the same, always. Just look. The moon is as orange as a balloon and as big as a banana can lid. The moon does not change, grow up. The moon is just lovely tonight. It is just a moon. Yes, it is just a moon. Come inside. Have some soup. And now you can rely on the children for a few honest words. Here's one from Alex, and he calls it White Moon. White Moon, come to me when the sun sets. In the night I look at the stars. They are beautiful. White Moon, come to me. And a last word from Adam, and he calls it a wish. I see a star over my house. I wish I could go up there on a ladder so I could keep it for myself. Along the Poets Row for Farm and Country, this has been Christine San Jose. Radio Catskill and Farm and Country, this is Evan Padua bringing you Hooked on Fishing.
Welcome to Hooked on Fishing, winter edition. We're out here on the Delaware, January 29th. 37 degree water temperature. Probably about the same air temperature, probably about 31 degrees. The guides on our fishing rods are iced up. And we put on the water at about 7 a.m. Pretty slow morning, but that's what you get for winter fishing. I'm just happy to be out here with the Delaware having not much ice on it this winter and it's pretty wide open and easy to access this January. Although we're looking at a cold front, so it might be the end of open water fishing. I know all you folks that like to ice fish have been wishing there was ice on the local area lakes and even the river. So maybe we'll have ice by a week or two after this next cold front, but right now I'm enjoying the open water fishing in the middle of the winter. We're out here trying to get into the walleye again. Winter walleye fishing on the Delaware is pretty good. We're fishing six to 12 feet of water again. Looking for really calm, out of the current areas where the fish don't have to work hard to stay and looking for a good feeding trough where there's bait fish around some weed beds possibly and some other tributaries into the main Delaware will provide a good food source as well so we look for structure and you know different uh, feeding creeks to uh, make sure we have a food source all right I'll uh, come back maybe with an update in a little while uh, hopefully we catch a few more fish out here this morning and I uh, hope you guys are all having a good winter. And this is Hooked on Fishing. I'm signing off. As promised, Sweetwater Fishing Guide Evan Padua reported back after his morning break to share more of the day's catch on the Upper Delaware River in late January. We finished up uh, for our morning session here on January 29th. We had a pretty slow day, but we did get one good keeper walleye, about 21 inches. Both fish we caught in about three hours of fishing. We only caught two walleye, but they both came out about six, seven feet of water. Pretty steady current, but about only about three quarters of a mile an hour of current, so pretty slow water. But it was kind of tough to find the fish. We had some short strikes, missed a few, and we had a couple perch follow some small grubs in. Tried to downsize and catch those perch, but we just couldn't get into them. So 36 degree water temperature, fish were moving pretty slow. But uh, overall, nice day on the water, saw some eagles, and there were eagle watchers out as well they got a good show of a few eagles flying around and hanging out in the trees so it's a good time to see the eagles all over the delaware river right now if you're driving in the corridor keep your eyes open for those white heads in the trees and they're gorgeous thank you for listening to hooked on fishing this is evan Padua and sweetwater guide service go catch a big one For Radio Catskill, Farm and Country, and Hooked on Fishing, this has been Evan Padua, casting off.
morning. This is Stephanie Phillips with Now You Know for Farm and Country. This morning, my guests are Nadia and Omawale Adewale from Liberation Farm in Jeffersonville. You'll hear about their high ideals in establishing this farm. Nadia, black people have a history of farming. Right. Do you have farmers in your family? I do not know that. <laughs> but my mom used to grow in our front yard, and she loved that. That's as far as I know for now. <laughs> it's a privilege to be able to know your history right. that way, to know how far back there were farmers. That's why reunions become so important in our community. I mean, they would be important in any, in any community, right? But they're so important because it's like reconnecting. There's never been a period or a phase where black people were able to find where their brother or their sibling or their family member was stripped from them. That, that's never even been something that's introduced. That's, I've never heard that at all. So the space that we have, we try to focus on and being in positive spirits and being a healing space, but also making sure that we focus on this for, for us, our community. for our community. Yeah, we can do that for everybody, for anybody can participate in that. But we know what it means to have your own space. How do you get to grow? We don't know that everybody. And is. also for black people to feel safe and comfortable amongst themselves and be able to really connect with each other and educate each other and to build a community around each right. other. We don't have a large black community in this area. I noticed. So do you bring <laughs> right, people right. out from the city to look at the farm? Yes, most of our guests are from actually New York City. So Brooklyn, Queens, yeah, Bronx, Parkies. Even getting some from New Jersey, right. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, even further upstate New but, York. So, yeah. There's one other interest is, as well. People who come around the community, people see who see the banner. Right. This is our first year in, in terms of being at farmer's market. So we, we believe we'll see uh, a lot more, more coming. Yeah. Do you go yeah, out to folks. the markets yourself and sit at the kiosks or the wherever you're selling? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's fun. Right. It, yeah, is, yeah. it is fun. You get to meet a lot of people, yeah. have a lot of good conversations. And right. Right. We did participate at uh, Jeffersonville uh, Farmer's Market this year. Right. What kind of folks come out to learn about farming and where do they stay or do they stay? Do they just come for the day? No, but we have black folks come out to our farm. It's a black space. So we focus on black people and educating our community. And yeah, they come stay on the farm. They stay on the farm. They camp. Sometimes, stay it's, some, sometimes it's one day. Mm -hmm. There's one day spaces. They might stay. We started that last year. We're hoping to bring more folks as, as, as well. These are the kind of folks who love food. They love, they're vegan themselves. A lot of people who are vegan or they're curious about veganism. So when people come to the farm, we do have a particular system. We know who's coming. These are going to be folks who know that we're going to have these conversations regarding veganism, know that we're going to be cooking veganism, know that we abstain from having meat. We also do not have any meat products on the um, property. property. So they as, can come as, and bring their well. own food, but they cannot, it can't be any animal products. Right, right. Do you have cabins or do you have tenting sites or where do people stay? We have tent areas. We don't have cabins yet, but we do have land where people can just set up their tents. Right. But we're not <laughs> going to really develop cabins anywhere, you know, close <laughs> anywhere soon. Uh, not, it's yeah, not, not something we've soon. been thinking. Just wanted to clarify that. But we do have tents mm -hmm. and folks could camp. Cab, uh, they could camp on the space. 
And we do have folks stay indoors as well. But it hasn't been a large, large number. We've been reaching uh, capacity every single time. We try to keep it uh, a small, intimate this number. Year, this year. So yeah. we can reach and get to everybody, you know, have a more of a intimate right. group. Amawale, right. um, can people drop by to visit the farm or do you give tours? How could people contact you to arrange a visit? So folks should always contact us. When we say a black space, let me let me explain what a black space is. So a black space should be utilized the same way as a, a healing space for any demographic of people. So basically specific to black people coming to Liberation Farm. Unless we are selling, if we're not farming, a lot of our time is really focused on developing, then we're catering. And so we're catering into our community. We move as servants. That's what organizers are. And so we service. And so our time in, in our community, I feel like everybody has to have a purpose. Our purpose is to assist and help our community. As we build with family, we're making sure that the black community at least has one resource. Right. Has one resource. And that's every single culture. If you go to any other camp, that's specific to that. I want that for anybody who's anywhere, whether they're Filipino whether Southeast Asian, Desi community, the Indian, indigenous, or Jewish community, they should be able to practice their particular culture consistently. And I think that is exactly our purpose in the work that we do. Can people connect with us? Can we build with other cultures? We, well, do, we do all the time. Nadia, do you have a Facebook page? Yes, it's Liberation Farm NYS on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a website, it's liberationfarm.org. And our email address is liberationfarm9 at gmail.com. What do you think the impact would be if there were more black farmers? Mm. Well, I think we'd get more uh, resources coming to our community. That food right. would come to our community. We're looking at it like we, we are doing um, triage. We're trying to stop the bleeding. We don't have the access to those resources, like simple Information. Somebody called us in, in New York City to go back to our senior food demos. You seen senior food demos. They started in 2019 with Nadia coordinating and I was doing a lot of the cooking. And then we were able to get other chefs and cooks to do the same thing. So we're getting those resources and meeting seniors where they needed to have those resources. We had to come to them. So this is after we did Black Veg Fest in, in 2019. We went to them about a couple months later and of course they wanted us. When we asked who has heart disease, everybody's hand went up. Went way up. And so that's a huge problem. It's like if we miss our community, if we don't engage, well, that's what happens. Then they're forgotten very easily. Right. We're trying to do the work that we can. Can we do all things? No. But this is something that we feel like we can do this at the same time as Nadia does her art. At the same time as I write my books, we can participate and farming and, and create these avenues and these connections to our community. What are your dreams for the future? Are you going to inspire more black farmers in mm. our area? That's definitely our dream, that more people get into this work, that there's more black farmers. And there are more black people trying to get into farming right now. It is difficult at times, but it is necessary work, and our people are very resilient. <laughs> Yeah, that's our dream is to have a lot more black farmers and a lot more people into the food sovereignty work. But but also to have fun, to have a good time doing this, because we say it's, it's work, work. And it is work is to make it. It fits within our element. 
that we want to be here. We don't want to go through the difficulty because we're going to do the work anyway. Right. Exactly. You know, You're going to go through the difficulties. Nobody right. says farming is easy. <laughs> right. Listen, farming is never easy. Right. <laughs> but the lack of resources make it even, you know. It makes it, it makes it so much harder when race is a part of it. Race not a part of it. That would alleviate so much. Right. It would just be physical. We both can do physical. Can do physical. You know, we did. Our driveway is a football field long. Right. I kid you not, 300 feet from Hessinger Road. So we, we had to manually shovel that. So there's no easy wins at all. But we want to make it easier for your future descendants, not just your family, but the extension as well. We have to do that because we just had the resources to plow that. So we, <laughs> we had to take shovels. If that was just the work, because when people talk about it, it's like, no, let's, oh, this is easy. Uh, we were looking at it. It was like, like for me, I'm like, I, I love this. I love doing this. If this was just a problem, I would love to. I'd rather be talking about and solving issues, what's going on with bees and how bees are dying is going to affect us. Climate change is going to affect us. Talking about that, talking about what's going on with animals locked up, how they look. And we're talking about race, but race make it just unfair. I'm more of a principled person. My whole life, 20 years I fought uh, boxing, kickboxing. Training is the hardest thing. It's not the actual thing that's in front of you. So it's easy. When race is not there, physical, people, people say that it's going to be physical. It's going to be cold. Yeah. Okay. That's just the elements. Right. You know, <laughs> we, it's going to be cold. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to put more layers on. What are we talking about? <laughs> we're going to put a coat on. It's going to be time. But when you're born into an unjust system for anything, for anything that's living, that's out. You look at that like well, that's just unjust do. Like I understand the weather is going to affect you the same way it's going to affect me. It's with that understanding, but everything else, we prepared for the. the Wait, when the, you the add farming. race on top of that, it makes it yeah. it affects us even harder. When I said, "What are your dreams?" I thought maybe you're going to say a tractor would be. Oh yeah, <laughs> tractor. love to have a tractor, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> but, but it's right deeper now, than that. Well, we have like, we have manual tools now. We'd rather have a tractor, but there's manual tools. We also have a tiller that we take all day, you know, <laughs> utilizing. <laughs> we also know we could use solid tarps. We are researching. We are learning. We are figuring this out. As soon as we hit the ground, we are running. We are sprinting. We are moving backwards. We're listening to as many people as possible. That makes sense. And we're utilizing whatever resources that are at our right. fingertips. And we're doing all of this without the resources of other you know, communities. So. You'll right. get there. You'll yeah, yeah. get yeah. there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> without, a, without a doubt. Thank yes. you. So now you know what it's like to run a farm consistent with your ideals. My guests this morning have been Oma Wally and Nadia Adewale from Liberation Farm in Jeffersonville. If you know of an expert you'd like to hear from on Farm and Country, please contact me at stephanie at wjffradio.org. This has been Stephanie Phillips for Farm and Country.
hope that you enjoyed our show this week with production by Radio Catskill volunteers Keith Hubbard, Christine San Jose, Evan Padua, and Stephanie Phillips. Special thanks goes to our guests, Nadia and Amawali Adewale, owners and founders of Liberation Farm in Jeffersonville, New York. This has been your host, Rosie Starr. Thanks for listening local to Farm and Country and supporting Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Support for Farm and Country comes from Damascus Citizens for Sustainability, a community-supported, science-based nonprofit taking legal actions, providing tools for action, and raising awareness of fracking damage since 2008, proactively protecting public health in the Delaware River Basin and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org. It's that time of year again. Madam Speaker, the President of the United States. President Joe Biden will deliver the State of the Union address Tuesday, but this time he'll do it before a new speaker and a deeply divided Congress. Biden is expected to discuss hopeful signs in the economy, support for Ukraine, and the recent string of gun violence. Stay with us for live coverage and analysis from NPR News. Tuesday night at 9 on Radio Catskill, your NPR station. History Pop Quiz is the 